Welcome to the Dime Podcast, where we share our two cents about five questions to help simplify your business so you can focus on your mission. And in this episode of the podcast, we're talking about investing in your team. I'm your host, Neil Smith, and I'm joined by founder and CEO of Dime, Ben Habeck. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Let's talk about investing in your team. Ben, as you think about the different team activities or things you've done, uh, with your team or with a team in the past, is there a favorite memory that comes to mind? Yeah. So, uh, we, for the last several years, we've gone, uh, we've taken a group of people on our team, the leadership team, really, uh, to Montana to go fly fishing. Okay. And none of us are fishermen, (laughs) Okay. uh, but man, it is so good. And there's a, a great organization out there that we, uh, work with and partner with, and yeah. we love called Refuge. Yep. There's my plug for Refuge yeah. Foundation. Um, they're in just uh, near Billings, Montana, and yep. it's a great time to get away. Yeah, and they do a great job of hosting us. And we don't know anything about fly fishing, but to stand in the middle of a river in the middle of nowhere, Montana, yep. and just soak in the views and the sun and yeah. every—it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So fly fishing in Montana, favorite memory. Fly fishing in Montana, that is it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's talk about organizations and some of the investments they can make uh, in their team. Some of that is fun. Some of that's financial. Some of that's uh, pr- professional development. So other than financial investments in salaries, what are some of the other investments that leaders should consider investing in their team? Um, I think probably the biggest thing is investing in the team's future. Yeah. Um, I think especially within our culture, people want to know where they're going and how they can sort of get to the next level. Um, So a salary is important. Uh, It's it's probably most important. Um, But beyond that, I would say the second most important thing is really uh, investing in their future. Where do you want to be as an employee or as a person in the next five years? And how can we as an organization help you get there? Yes. Um, it's one of the very first interview questions we ask is where do you want to be in five years? And how is dime a, uh, a, a catalyst to help you get to that point or how is your role at dime going to help you get there? And so it's, that's really important to us. And I think our employees really appreciate that. Um, and sometimes employees say, you know, I just want to be a bookkeeper for the rest of my life. And that's great too. Uh, we just want to know that on the front end so we can encourage them in that path and how can we help you become a better bookkeeper if that's what you want to be for the rest of your life. And and most people see that as an annual conversation as part of your annual review. Should it be more often than that? Or is, is once a year a good time to refresh that and, and pull it out? So we have a sort of unique concept on the annual review yeah. uh, thing, and I have never had a good annual review. Okay, I've always had positive feedback, the yeah. highest marks. Yeah, um, I've never really had great constructive feedback. Right, um, and so one of the things that I've just said since day one is. I want our employees to always understand where they're at. And a really smart mentor of mine one time told me to consider using this sort of red light, green light concept. Um, Green light is really you, you've got uh, kind of the authority or the empowerment to go and do your job and be successful. And we'll support you and help you. But at the end of the day, go. Uh, The red light is, Hey, here's some areas where you're struggling and we want to, we want to help you with these things. And so we're going to sort of micromanage you in these areas 
Um, so we, we use that red light, green light concept throughout our organization. Yep. And um, we kind of use that within, as, as opposed to doing the annual reviews. Yeah, yeah, that make, makes a lot of sense. Let's, let's get practical here. A lot, of, a lot of organizations are when you become an employee, you get paid time off. Um, and so that's sick days, that's uh, you know, vacation days. And, and what I'm hearing from a trend around technology companies is unlimited time off, uh, which in many ways means no time off. Um, what, how have you seen that structured best for organizations when it comes to establishing sick days, vacation days, carrying over and not carrying over? What are some best practices there? So the Department of Labor is really going to determine how you do some of those things. So every state might be a little bit different or the the local government or whatever, but they're going to determine how you treat employees. Um, And and that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Uh, They're trying to help protect employees and employers should respect that and want to do good for their employees. Um, so what we do, I'll tell you what we do, cause I yep. think it's, it's excellent. Yep. Um, we hire employees and we do what we call, I, I made this up. It's not creative, but yep. I call it structured flexibility. Yep. And, um, my thought was I want employees to have very clear, uh, objectives. Yep. I want them to have very clear goals. Yep. I want them to know how they can be successful in their job. Yep. Uh, and I want them to know how we as an organization think they should function. Yep. So these are, these are the steps of making the widget, if you yep. will. Yep. Um, so we provide tons of clarity around those things. That's yep. the structure. Yep. Uh, we even give them 10 or 12, you know, kind of things of yep. how to be a dime employee. This is how we want you to you know, act and how to yeah. respond to customers and yeah. how to respond to other employees and, you know, those sort of things. Um, so we set really, really clear expectations yes. and really clear standards around those things. Yep. And that's the structure. The yep. flexibility is we are hiring a really great employee yep. and we want to give you the flexibility to be successful in your job. Right. So we don't think we need to tell you how to dress. We expect you to dress appropriately for your position. Yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily tell you when to show up at the office and when to do your work. Yep. We've set a standard that says you need to reply to customers within yep. 24 hours, yep. 12 hours if possible. Check runs are Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yep. Yep. There's certain deadlines you have to meet. Yep. I don't care if you want to do it at two o'clock in the morning. Yep. As long as you're you're doing your job and you're successful in your job, yes. then we want to give you the flexibility to do that. Mm. So it creates some unique challenges around building a corporate culture and corporate communications that we've had to work through over the years. But at the end of the day, we track PTO, which is really your sick and vacation time. We don't pay it out at the end of the year. We don't roll it over to the next year. I want people to use their paid time off. Take your time off. Rest. Yes. It's a very important thing. Yes. Be with your family. It's something we value as a company. Yeah. Um, and th- those are both things that we put in our list of how to be a good dime employee. Yep. And so take your time off. If yeah. you don't, then that's your fault. Um, yeah. it, but we really want you to. Yeah. And so we specifically don't roll it over for that reason. Um, but we create clear expectations. We give you the flexibility. And really the kind of the last piece of that is, I don't ever want an employee to feel like they have to ask for time off to go to a doctor's appointment. That to me just feels like it's totally ridiculous. Um, And I don't want somebody to feel like they have to request time off to go to their, you know, their 
parent-teacher conferences or to go uh, spend some time at their kid's school. I think that's totally ridiculous. If somebody needs to take time off to go on vacation, they have to make sure that somebody is there to cover for them and to get the bills paid and to do their job. Um, And it's been extremely successful for us. We don't have to micromanage people. People don't take advantage of it. In yep. fact, most most employees, when they go on vacation, they say, I'm going to work on vacation, yeah. which is like, no, close your computer, shut it down. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think I think that's really important is to yeah. value the employee, yes. respect them as a professional, give them structure so they have clarity and then give them flexibility to be successful. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I heard over and over again, though, in, in what you just said is, is how, how key flexibility is in all of those things. Is that, do you feel like, is a dime differentiation that works for your organization? Or do you think that's every organization today should really be looking to lean into flexibility when it comes to hours? You know, it's, it used to be eight to five and it was a hard eight, eight to five uh, and a one hour lunch break. And do you think that that's a, that's a dime differentiation or do you think really every organization in today's age needs to be thinking about flexibility more significantly? No, I definitely think everybody needs to be thinking about flexibility. Yeah. Um, I think that that our culture has just shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, what, what organizations, what I've seen organizations do is shift from this very rigid structured environment yeah. to complete flexibility, yeah. um, which causes turmoil. It causes yeah. problems. People think it's like, uh, and, and I saw this firsthand actually in some organizations I worked with where uh, they shifted from being in the office nine to five to work from home. Yep. Well, work from home meant I can go lay by the pool as long as I check my email yes. or I can wear basketball shorts as long as I wear a, yep. a polo shirt for my video call. Yes. Um, and the, the truth is what you really want out of your employees is you want them to go to work at home. Yes. So you want them to wake up at eight o'clock yes. and go into their home office and start working. Yes. And you want them to end at a specific time and you want them to be available at specific times. And yes. um, so you have to provide enough structure yep. so that people understand that. And I think our culture understands that now. Yeah. Um, when everybody first shifted to that work from home thing, it was, yeah. it was chaos. But I think people, I think organizations need to learn to do a better job of setting the expectations and casting that vision yep. uh, around the, the virtual or the flexible work environment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going down this path a little bit, but I think it's an interesting conversation. Do you think that trend towards virtual work is going to increase or do you think it's kind of expanded and that's, that's probably the end of that shift? So this is my opinion. Yeah. I, you're asking for an opinion. This yeah, is not this a is fact, opinion. right? Yes. So um, I think that we are going. We have trended toward the virtual work environment. Yes, and I think we are going to end up trending back to uh, in person. Okay. So I think that the video calls are good. Yep. Um, but I think people are even now beginning to realize how important face-to-face discussions are. Yeah. And uh, and I hear people all the time say uh, there's there's nothing like a face to face meeting. Yes. And yes. so I think travel is probably going to pick up a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that that at least some office time and you know more face to face meetings are going to increase, not decrease. I don't think yeah. I think we've sort of reached the cap on our. Yeah. Flexibility and technology usage on that. Interesting. Good. Good thoughts. Tangent there. Uh, yeah. but, but, but I think it, it is an interesting just the way organizations are, are working and, and the flexibility they're providing in different ways. Let's talk about bonuses a little bit. 
how should organizations approach bonuses? So I think that I think that people should be compensated for the work that they do. So our organization pays people in a fairly unique way. Okay. Um, we set revenue targets for everybody, basically. Okay. Every individual. Every individual. Okay. Yeah, they have revenue targets. And it's not expected that they increase revenue, yeah. but it's expected that they have the ability and capacity to assume that much revenue okay. or work on that much revenue. Yeah. So we may set a base salary of $50,000, yeah. but it's with the expectation that they're going to end up working on you know, $200,000 in revenue or whatever the number is. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to pay people based on that. And then I think a bonus should not be paid for getting your work done. Yes. A bonus should be paid for going above and beyond what the base expectation is. So we don't set bonuses. We don't even tell people if they're going to get a bonus or how they can get a bonus. We say, you're going to get paid this much money for doing this much work. And then a bonus should be, man, you really did a great job this year. Or you went above and beyond in this way. And so we want to pay you this additional amount because you did this. Um, So I really want employees to be empowered to go above and beyond and not just maintain status quo. Uh, But I don't want to set a target because otherwise, I mean, if I set a, a goal and say, if you hit this number, you get a bonus, that feels like it's just part of your salary. Yeah. And do you determine that on a quarterly basis? Do you determine kind of, as you just see an employee stand out, how, how do you determine those, those bonuses and when an employee has gone above and beyond? I, I think that's part of what leadership should do. Yeah. So I think leadership in their strategic planning, they should yeah. set, you know, what are, what are our expectations for this employee or for employees in these roles? Yeah. Uh, or at this level in the organization as a yep. leadership team. And then let's watch and see how it goes. Yep. And then let's, you know, help them understand how they can accomplish those, you know, goals. Yep. But I don't think we need to be fully transparent on what those are. Yep. So we want to empower people to be successful, especially in those leadership roles. Yep. We want to empower people to be successful and to go above and beyond. But I don't want to determine what that looks like. So uh, I think as a leadership team, you should say, you know, we, for example, internally, we review everybody's kind of productivity and profitability quarterly. Yeah. So we don't necessarily pay bonuses quarterly, yeah. uh, but there are certain people that we would look at and say, hey, for the last quarter, yeah. and they've really done a great job. Yeah. And so we paid uh, third quarter, which is a weird time to give bonuses. Yeah. But one of our, our team leaders came to us and said, I want to pay out bonuses to people. Yeah. They've really done a great job. They had a hard quarter, but they stayed through it. And so we paid out, you know, $2,500 bonuses to each person on on his team. So, um, it was important to him. It fit within our margins. They went above and beyond. And so we want to, you know, bonus people or incentivize people for, for doing that. Yeah. And, And have you found bonuses to be something that are better handled privately or publicly where, because you can see where it can create some resentment if it's publicly, but it can also create incentive uh, people can see where somebody else went above and beyond to set a model. How, how have you handled that or how have you seen organizations handle that well or poorly? Yeah. So I think that some cultures, some, you know, company cultures, yeah. uh, it works best to do kind of a public acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, we work with lots of accountants yeah. who tend to be a little bit more introverted. And so that public acknowledgement is 
uh, you know, not quite as effective. Um, but what we like to do on a team level is really acknowledge people's successes. So when we get an email from a customer saying, Hey, so-and-so did a great job. We like to announce that to the team. And sometimes when they really go above and beyond, I'll send an email to the whole company and say, Hey, so-and-so really did a great job here. And I just want to, I want to publicly acknowledge. And that really goes a long way. We handle bonuses and those kind of things privately. Yeah. Um, we just think that's a private thing. And we just, yeah. you know, I want to sit across from somebody or yes. I want their team leader to sit across from them and say, man, you really did a great job. And yes. here's why we value that. And here's yeah. why we value you. Yeah. And so we're going to give you this as a thank you, you yeah. know, for, for going above and beyond. Yeah, that, that's great. It makes a lot of sense. Let, let's talk maybe about professional development or personal development. Continuing education. How, how should organizations handle continuing education? They should encourage it and they should pay for it. Okay. Um, all continuing education? All continuing education. Wow. It should be a budget line item and, and every employee in the organization should be encouraged to grow uh, in their knowledge. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to uh, tuition reimbursements yeah. and that sort of thing. I think, I think every employee should be motivated by that and yes. should be encouraged to do that. So we pay for AICPA uh, membership. We pay yeah. for all continuing education. I just think that's a, that's a big deal. Um, for us, we don't require it. Yep. We encourage it. And, and when the employees come and say, hey, I want to go take this class yeah. to make me a better payroll person. Yeah. You know, so-and-so is putting this on and I want to go take it. It's 500 bucks. Yep. I'm, here's your check. Go. Let's do it. I really think that's important. I love it when employees take initiative and say they're going to yep. sign up for this class. Yep. And I'm the first one to write the check for it. What, what do you say to a leader that uh, out of fear says they, they don't want to pay for that because that's going to make their employee more valuable to get hired away? Um, that's that's you're developing people as a leader, you're developing people. So develop them. And if they get hired away, then you, you you should either, you should probably be encouraged by them or or by that because you've created a a great person that is marketable or you've helped create a great person that's marketable. Um, but on the flip side, uh, I would say that that's not your job. Yeah. Your job is to develop great people yes. or to help develop great people. So encourage them. Yes. I, I tell people, um, we actually had a key employee resign not long ago, okay. a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, and he came in and, and my first question was why I don't want you to leave. Yeah. Um, but my second comment was if this is best for your family, then I want this for you. Yeah. I really genuinely want this for you. It's not my job to determine what's best for your family. Yeah. It's my job to help encourage you to go do what's best for your family. Yeah. So if you think God's calling you to this and you think this is best for your family, then what can I do to help you get there? Yeah. I'm not happy about it. I'd rather you stay, but <laughs> yeah. by all means. Yeah. And that's going to happen. And I think leaders have to be prepared for that and understand, you know, when they're making that investment. Leaders should be flattered by it. Hmm. That's I think. a good word. That's a good word. That's a tweetable line right there. We'll, <laughs> we'll make sure, sure to put that on Twitter. Uh, ben, how, how important is fun in an organization and investing in your team with Christmas parties or fun activities around the office? Uh, the, so here's a, some vulnerability yeah. for me. We've, I've never done a good job at this. Okay. Um, my personality is not super social. Yeah. And so for me to put on social events is I just don't think about it. Yeah. And I would venture to say if we did a survey of the employees, they would probably all be frustrated with me because Mm -hmm. I don't do a good job putting on 
company parties. I don't do a good job doing the Christmas things. Um, I just don't think about it. It's not my personality. Um, so I think it's really important. Okay. And last year was the first year we did a company Christmas party. We only did it with our leadership team and we encouraged the team leaders to kind of have, uh, you know, parties or get togethers with their individual teams. Um, and so it's something that we are going to do every year going forward. Yes. Um, but it took me 10 years to get to that point. Yeah. Uh, and so I haven't done a great job of it, but I think it is extremely important. And I think our company has suffered because I haven't done a good job of it. Wow. Thanks for that vulnerability. Any, as we wrap up this podcast, any final advice you, you would give to leaders when it comes to investing in their team? Um, I think that, uh, the CEO, I think their job description is, is, it's probably three or four things, but one of those things and one of the most important things is to build a great company culture Mm -hmm. or great corporate culture. Yes. And the only way to do that is to invest in the team. Yes. Um, I can't say that I'm the best at it. I know I have my weaknesses, um, in, in that process, but it's my job as the CEO of this organization. Mm -hmm. It's your job as, as the pastor, the senior pastor is really the CEO of the church. Um, and so it's their job to build that corporate culture and you cannot outsource that to somebody else Hmm. in the organization. It's not an HR responsibility. It's not an HR program. It's not the operation guy's job. It's your job as the CEO to build that culture. And, um, I think that's of utmost important, uh, um, utmost importance in the organization. Yeah, boy, that is so, such good advice um, and so valuable. I hope if you're a leader that you're thinking right now, even if you only have one or two employees, how can you better invest in your team? Uh, how can you better encourage your team? And uh, and that investment is so valuable. And I think it's, it's not just a good investment, it's an essential investment uh, in growing your organization. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Dime Podcast. To learn more about Dime, go to simpledime.com. And if you would, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode.